This podcast is a presentation of Gateway Fellowship, Paulsville, Washington. Experience community, find hope. Check us out at gatewayfellowship.com. Well, today we're kind of wrapping up this series called Healing Broken Relationships from the book of Philemon. I hope that it's been helpful, and I hope that you've enjoyed it. I love the book of Philemon. It's just one chapter, 25 verses, but it's chuck full of how you and I walk out this area of healing a broken relationship. And I've said this numbers of times, I'll say it again today, we probably are dealing with that maybe more than we ever have before. We're dealing with it in our families, we're dealing with it in work, and uh, all, all phases of life. And so I just pray that as we commit ourselves to living biblically, that we will find ourselves committed to biblical principles that we've discovered in the series, Healing Broken Relationships. Now, if you're brand new, just let me kind of rehearse just about 30 seconds. Philemon um, has been wronged. Onesimus, um, his slave, has apparently stolen from him, and, and he took off. He met up with Paul. He comes to faith in Jesus. Paul is appealing to Philemon to receive him back, not as a slave, but as, as a brother. So this relationship would, would be healed. We've agreed in this series that relational conflicts, I think I said last week, relational conflicts are messy and difficult. Some of you know that really, really well. They're messy, they're difficult, um, especially if they're, they're in the family, especially if it's a close relationship, and we sometimes just don't know what to do. But what we also agreed, I hope, per the Bible, is that it provides an opportunity. For what? For God to be glorified. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 31. Sometimes, like we see in Philemon, we are, you are, the injured party, right? Through no, no fault of your own, um, the relationship got broken, was broken, and got really, really messy. Sometimes, you know, we're not perfect, right? Okay, come on now, right? And so we're the ones who actually do the harm, and we do, we do the injury. We're reminded as followers of Jesus from Romans chapter 12, right? This, as far as it depends on you, live at peace, right, with everyone. And so sometimes we just kind of come up against that. We go like, okay, how far does that go? How far do I really need to go? And Paul says, as far as it depends upon you, live at peace. But what does that look like? So we're wrapping up this series and I pray that we understand that there, there's so much nuance that you, can, you, you can't really put together a three-step plan. Like, if you just do these three things, your relationship's going to be healed, right? That's just not, not going to happen. But I believe that God gives us a biblical pattern to walk through life, and particularly in the area that we're talking about. But we must depend upon the Spirit of God who lives in us, he leads us, and he guides us in our actions and our words. Do you agree with that? Thank God for his spirit. Thank God that he lives in us. But our actions must be consistent with a biblical worldview or biblical teaching. Now, let me ask you a question that I think that maybe we all might agree. Have you ever rushed into something and wished that you hadn't been so quick? Yes? Have you ever made that phone call and you just kind of wish like, oh, gosh, I wish I wouldn't have made that phone call, like quite right now, or that email, or when you hit the send button on that text, 
you were looking for a way to delete it or intercept it before it got to the other person, right? Yes? We've all been there. We've all rushed in, into those things. So here, here's the truth I just want to pass off to you. You can have a great idea, but poor planning will hinder the desired outcome. And that is true when we talk about this area of healing broken relationship. You have a great idea, but poor planning can hinder the desired outcome. The Bible gives us a guide for dealing with broken relationships. You could call a spirit-guided plan. Listen to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Strive for what? With everyone. And for the holiness for which, with the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Strive for peace with everyone. We see a common command given in the New Testament to seek peace with others. It's a sign of spiritual maturity that we live this way and our desire to live a godly love, mutual love for one another and living out of God's command to seek peace, builds the church and is a sign to the world that we are disciples of Jesus. This is how a disciple lives. This is how someone who is in love with Jesus lives. This is how someone who is committed to the Bible lives. Now, Jen and I, we watched a little bit of the Olympics this year, not a whole lot, but um, the one that we did watch was the cross-country women's. See, I don't know if you saw that or not, but uh, U.S. won silver. And if you were watching that, you may have noticed that the American, when she crossed the finish line, did what? Just collapsed, right? Collapsed, right? Just is, I am, I am done. I am out of energy. The word strive literally means to pursue or do something with intense effort and a definite purpose or goal. So kind of insert into that, that passage in Hebrews, right? Literally means to pursue or do something. So pursue peace. Strive for peace. Intense effort, like cross the finish line and collapse type effort, right? That's where we're to be. Now, how do we live out this passage in this area of broken relationship? So what's our plan? Like I said, if you, do, you, can, you can rush into something without a plan. It's not going to serve you too well. But what's our plan? Um, what are some biblically based ways to deal with relational conflict? Are you in conflict today? It's kind of interesting because uh, I, I came across these two statistics, right? And I thought, well, if this is you, you, you maybe need some relational healing. Like you might need these tools. Okay, here's number one. <clears throat> the average man spends seven hours a year hiding in the bathroom <laughs> for peace and quiet, <laughs> according to a 2018 survey. Now, so that's, that's not really the striving that we're talking about, right? Or the peace that we're talking about. The average man spends seven hours. So if that's you guys... You might need the tools I'm going to give you in just a second, okay? Um, second one is this. Um, many of us, men and women, right, are guilty of ignoring the dirty dishes in our sink under the guise of letting them... Okay, you got it. Okay, so anyway. So if you fall into any of those categories, maybe you could use what I'm going to give you in a, in a moment. I'm going to give you a plan to approach resolving conflict. It's a plan. It's a well-thought-out plan Years ago, I was trained in uh, conflict resolution through a ministry called Peacemaker, and I just commend this book to you, The Peacemaker by Ken Sandy, and you're going to find it even much more detailed 
plan of what we're talking about today. If you want to pick this up, it's, it's really the best, I, in, my, in my opinion. Now, I'm going to give you this plan. There's a lot of parts to it, but here's the good news. You don't have to write anything down. Here's the reason why. So, if you just go to more, right, and uh, text in pause, that's the plan we're going to go through, you'll get back a link that will give you the PDF and it has everything filled in for you. Okay, that's a hand clap for me, because I thought of that for you. So, okay, okay, the, the, the word is pause, so everybody say pause. Okay, so that means we're not going to rush into something, right? We're going to do what? Slow down, and we're going to pause, and we're going to use the word pause to develop and look at a plan for approaching and doing everything we can to resolve relational conflict. Here we go. The P stands for, are you ready? Guess what it is? Stands for prepare, right there. So P stands for prepare. Now, um, it's all right here, and uh, what we're going to do is walk through that. There we go. P is, is for, for, for prepare. How are we going to prepare? Obviously, we have to be people of, pr of pr prayer. We seek God's wisdom. Let's don't just toss that off as spiritual cliche, right? We're a follower of Jesus. His spirit lives in us. He guides us. My guys group, my small group on Thursday mornings, we're talking about this very thing out of the book of James. We seek God's wisdom. We are reminded that wisdom, God's wisdom, is available to you and me as followers of Jesus. It comes through prayer. So we first prepare by praying, something we must, we must do. We spend time getting the facts correct. How many of us know that when we rush into something, right, oftentimes the facts get all muddy, right? I thought he said this. I thought she said this. I thought it was this way. I thought it was this way. And we rush in, so we spend time getting the facts correct. Again, it's going to all be on that PDF. There are times when we seek godly counsel. This is not going against what we talked about last week, because I shared with you that we have to live under a principle that we resolve conflict as lowest possible level, and that's between you and me, or you and the other person, or whoever the conflict is, right? That doesn't negate seeking godly counsel, inviting them to, to pray with you, and, and to, to bounce off what you are thinking God is leading you in. So I encourage you to do that. I receive godly counsel from team members, from friends, from my, my guys group. Who do you receive godly counsel for? We seek that. Part of preparing then is to pick a good time. How many, let me just ask you, if you're married, uh, and a lot of you are, um, have, you ever, have you ever said something and it was the right thing, but it was just lousy timing? Yes, I, I, I think I have done that um, more times than what I even care to admit. And my wife is sitting down here, so I'm just telling you I'm guilty. <laughs> 10.30 service, I'm going to tell them that she's guilty one, okay? So, but anyway, I'm just guilty of that because I, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but I'm, I, I'm not really an introvert, and, and, and for me, more words are better. So, um, but that doesn't always work, does it? doesn't work. So you pick a good time, and... Sometimes we have to allow the Spirit to lead us in that. Because our human nature is to kind of just rush in, and we're going to be right, and that's the wrong attitude. And it could be the wrong time, so we pick a good time. It's all part of prepare, so pause, prepare. 
Bible says in Proverbs chapter 14, the prudent understand where they are going. So we're seeking the Lord. We're seeking the Spirit. That's P. Okay, A. Here we go. Affirm relationships. Affirm relationships. So you're in a relationship. We're talking about mending a broken relationship. We communicate in a courteous manner. Think about how you want to be spoken to and speak to that person in the same way. Few of us want to be attacked, right? Most of us don't like to be attacked. So affirm relationships and speak to that person the way that you want to be spoken to. Communicate a desire to do what is right and not win. That's huge. Some of us have to give up winning. Now, winning for the gospel's sake is one thing. Winning for pride's sake is another. We have to give up the desire and the right to win. Communicate what is right and what is right. We're going to go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, right? Is to give glory to God and that the world will see our love first for him and then for one another. If we are in authority, and many of you are business leaders or you have employees or you're in some sort of authority, if we are in authority, we re-exercise re that with restraint. It's all too easy sometimes in these relationships that are broken is, is to say this, because I'm the boss. That's not going to work real well for you. That's not a good plan, right? So if we are in authority, we exercise that with, with restraint. If we're under authority, guess what we do? We submit to authority as long as it doesn't violate what God is calling us to do. We submit to authority. And then finally, we look out for the interests of others. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 is the scripture that you can go to a little bit later. We look out for the interests of others. What if we begin there first? So that's the A in pause, affirm relationships, and just a few more to go. And then I'm going to give you, I'm going to answer three questions. Number one, what to, what to do when this doesn't work out? Or what to do when you have gone as far as you can? And then I'm going to lead us in something that I have found incredibly helpful in my own personal life of what to do when. We'll get to that in just a moment. U stands for understanding the interest. How, have you ever been in a situation where you're just saying, look, just, just talk to me, just help me to understand where you are? Have you been there? This is what we're doing. We're defining the issue. So often in a broken relationship, the issues get messy and complicated, right? And there's a need to really, really come back to define the issues because what I've discovered is that messy and complicated relationship issues, they can grow and they often grow into things that are out there, and they really don't have anything to do with the initial um, conflict, the breaking of a relationship. So we really need to define the issue. We do that by seeking clarity, including the position or desired outcome. So what is it that you want in this thing? Just imagine now you're meeting with somebody, and you're walking through these steps. It's absolutely important to seek clarity. I often will ask people to write things down. Write it down because that helps to bring clarity. Number three, under understanding interest, um, this is for people like me, okay? Give the other person the opportunity to share or to talk. So anyway, um, 
Anyone else there? Like, so, like, we talkers, right? We can overpower those who are less wordy. Can that be a problem? Is that a problem if you're married? Can that be a problem in your marriage? Let's be honest. Oh, thank you. Yes, it is. So, I'll just tell you, in, in my marriage with Jen, and uh, so we've been married a few years, um, I, can, I can overpower her in, with words. And, she, and she'll tell me that you just use too many words. You know, use too many words. And, and you know, is she right or wrong? You're so quiet. <laughs> is she right or wrong? She's, she's right. Yes, she's right. And, and so often it's like a bulldozer, right, going over. We have to give the other person the opportunity to share. And if you're resolving a conflict where the other person is more of an introvert and less wordy than you, look, it's discipline. We've got to draw back and allow that to happen. These are real practical steps. Okay, S, search for creative solutions. Uh, the question is this, how can we solve this? Not here's the solution to the problem. Okay, it's another one where we have to look, be very, very careful. Is how can we solve this? Not here's what you need to do. Search for a creative solution and then begin with the other person. Like, what do you think we can do? Now, honestly, we're going to get to E in just a moment. Um, I understand that when, when we walk through a process like this, it can be extremely difficult because humanly speaking, right, we're going like, this is, this is not my human nature right here, and I agree with that. That's why we have to commit it to the Lord and perhaps involve uh, uh, godly counsel. E in pause is this, just evaluate the options and may include a list or a simple pathway to resolution. You'll remember last week I said in Matthew 18, there are both, um, we read both personal peacemaking and assisted peacemaking, and 90% of us or more are dealing with personal peacemaking. Rarely do we need to go to that place where we need to call in church leaders or someone that you trust, you know, a godly leader to help you do that. It's mostly personal peacemaking. This is what, what we're talking about. But we create this pathway to, to resolution between you and the other person. So it's called pause. So I pray that you'll go to more and download that and kind of keep it close by. Put it in your Bible. Keep it close by. Now, I mentioned last week that I was going to answer two questions today for you. Um, that we really must answer in light, light of Scripture. What happens when it doesn't work out? When Paul says, do everything you can, strive, what happens when you cross the finish line, you collapse, you've done everything that you can? Actually, some of you are there. You've done it with kids. You've done it with parents. You've done it with family relationships, all kinds. You've done it with workmates. What, what can I do? What am I free to do? And I just want to share with you um, a quote from Ken Sandy, because I think he says it better than I can, and it's actually in the book, Peacemaker. He says this, he answers this question this way, and I 100% agree. When dealing with difficult people, it's important to recognize your limits. Even when you continue to do what is right, some people may adamantly refuse to admit you are right or to live at peace with you. If you have done everything within your power to resolve a conflict, you have fulfilled your responsibility to God and may stop actively trying to solve the problem. I think that's a good word. Now, we do that 
seeking the Lord. We do that right there. We perhaps step back following the leading of the Spirit. When you have done everything that you can, you have fulfilled your responsibility. It doesn't mean we stop praying. It doesn't mean that we, look, that we don't look for open doors maybe in the future. But per the Scripture from Romans, we have done everything that we can. Now, the other question is, is, is a Christian free to go to court? Because that comes into this. Unfortunately, some have faced that very, very thing. And just let me say this and give you my opinion. The Bible generally prohibits Christians from suing one another in civil court. However, there may be times when you have exhausted all other possible remedies, such as Christian mediation or arbitration. I've been involved in both and have carefully, with godly counsel, considered the cost of moving into litigation and the other party refuses to allow biblical, a biblical pattern that you are left with no other option. Sometimes, unfortunately, that's where we sit. Again, uh, Ken Sandy and the Peacemaker gives valuable wisdom here. Now, I want to walk us through something that I believe is a key in this area of dealing with broken relationships. It's something that I have applied to my life for many, many years. You've done all that you uh, can to follow biblical teaching, a biblical plan. You've invited godly counsel, but there seems to be no resolution or the other party refuses to engage in a process of healing. I think there's a perfect example. And I was reading um, in 1 Peter one day, it goes back a number of years ago, and I thought, this is it right here. This is it, and this is what I need to do. Let me just share with you the scripture, and then I'm going to walk you through it. He, Jesus, did not retaliate when he was insulted nor threatened revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. One version says, justly. Peter goes on to explain why that God was justly judging our sins, which his son bore. And as I, I read that, um, following the example of Jesus, I found myself in this place of saying, God, I just have to turn this over to you. Um, I've been hurt, and uh, I'm carrying this thing, and what I have to do is this right here. I have to turn this over to you, to the one who judges justly and the one who judges fairly, and entrust myself to him. Some of you are there. You've suffered. Perhaps you've been attacked in some way. I mean, the unfortunate thing about social media, it just creates that platform, doesn't it? Maybe you've been the subject of that or words spoken. And honestly, you don't know what to do or you have prayed or you have pursued peace and it just hasn't worked out. Entrust yourself to the one who judges justly. To the one who ultimately judges fairly. Can I say this? It may be in your lifetime, and it may not be. But there's a freedom that comes to us, I believe, when we just say to God, God, I don't know what to do, and I've done everything I can. I'm just now giving this over to you. And we turn and we walk away from it. Some of you are there right now. Or you might be there tomorrow. Tomorrow. 
And I'm going to lead us in a prayer in just a moment that says, God, I'm at my end. I don't know what to do. I've done everything I can. And now I'm going to entrust this to you. And I believe that if we do that, like I experienced, you'll walk in freedom. I believe that. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Just stop and think about it for a second. Are you in that spot where you just need to say, God, I give this to you? And today, the 27th of February, I'm entrusting you. And then we leave it to him. Is that freeing? It is. It is. Maybe that's not you today, but maybe that would be you tomorrow. Or maybe you'll help someone else do the same. But I pray that as we do, the relationships that you and I are in today, even the healing of those relationships, even the opportunity to step into a, a discussion with someone about healing a broken relationship will bring glory and honor to him. So I'm going to invite you to pray with me and then we're going to, we're going to sing he's the way maker because he is the way maker in everything that we experience in life. God makes a way and he would do so in your life and in mine as well. Father, I thank you today that we can trust in you. Lord, there's, there's many, of it, many of us, we, we've, we've done what we've even talked about today. We have done everything that we can and now we're at that point. We just don't know what to do. But this morning, following your example, we just entrust that person or that party to you, the one who judges justly. God, we live freely then from whatever it has been that we've been involved, whatever the conflict is. Free us from that, I pray. As we entrust you, the one who ultimately judges justly and fairly, we can trust you in all of life. God, I pray for those who are involved in healing a broken relationship. Many of us have experienced that. And God, as we have sought your word to lead us and guide us, I would pray that we would commit these things deep in our hearts. Why? So that you would be glorified and that you would be honored and that the world will see our love first for you and then for one another. So I pray your blessing over each one who is listening today or in the future. I pray, Father, that your spirit would be alive in each and every one, that we would commit ourselves to allowing you to lead us, you to guide us, and you to set us free. I pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen.